Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Season 4, Episode 258 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us once again today as we continue with our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials. We are studying uh, in the book of Isaiah, chapters 50 to 57, uh, in the week of September the 26th to October the 2nd. Uh, and today uh, we are concluding uh, Isaiah 51 and also Isaiah 52, looking at how um, the future is bright for the Lord's people. And we'll go from there, seeing uh, how far we get through the rest of the materials here as well. So uh, in Isaiah 51, uh, we've just read uh, verse 7. Uh, and now I want to go into verse 9, where it says, Awake, awake, put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake, as in the ancient days, in the generations of old. Art thou not it that have cut Rahab and wounded the dragon? So we are told here to awake. Uh, we're told here to um, uh, to wake ourselves. And I think here there's a couple of things we can apply this to. Obviously, it's talking about um, the Lord to awake and how he is the one that have cut Rahab and wounded the dragon. But often in Isaiah, we have invitations to awake, shake ourselves off the dust, or shake the dust off ourselves and uh, to, to move forward. And I think that is an important aspect of this as well. Uh, moving into verse 11, it says, Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion, and everlasting joy shall be upon their head. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. Um Again, great promises that the that the righteous, that those who are trying to keep their covenants, that are trying to stay close to this to the Lord, uh, will be, have joy. They will have uh, their sufferings, their sorrows chased away. Um, of course, you know that's not necessarily happening now, but we look at this as perhaps happening in the millennium. How the Savior will come forward and He will um, bring great joy and happiness to those that have awaited Him. And it is something which we should be looking forward to. Of course, the second coming is something which uh, for many may be a source of anxiety, even those who are faithful um, followers of Christ, uh, because we read of all the calamities and things that will happen. And we see those things in the world today. <laughs> there is clearly uh, a lot of things happening in the world today which relate to that. Um, but as we focus our attention on him and as we learn more of him just as we spoke about with peter actually uh, a couple of days ago in our in our study as we come to know the savior more than when we see him afar off uh, we will want to run toward him because uh, we will know that of how much love and mercy uh, he is filled uh, yes there will be judgments yes there will be a removing of sin and iniquity off the earth but that that shouldn't scare us that should be something which we look forward to um, and perhaps the language is sometimes strong in the scriptures about how that will happen but when we think about our saviour he is the one who will be coming um, and as with Peter despite our sinfulness and despite our iniquities and our wrongdoings uh, we will want to run to him if we know him better um, so this is the this is the bit I was thinking about when I when I was talking about us waking up in verse seventeen it says, "Awake, awake, stand up, O Jerusalem, which that which hast drunk at the hand of the Lord the cup of His fury. Thou hast drunken the dregs of the cup of trembling and wrung them out." Um, so we are also invited to awake, uh, to shake ourselves off, to 
move forward. And if you are currently in, in a position where you are kind of going through the motions and we all go through those times in our lives, then awake, awake, um, stand up uh, and, you know, seek for the Lord and be proactive and purposeful in the ways in which you worship and seek to build that connection uh, with the Lord as well. We're going to go into uh, chapter 52 and we have this theme continuing uh, of awaking. It says, Awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion, put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, thy, the holy city, for henceforth there shall no more come unto thee the uncircumcised and unclean. Um, we are often told to to awake, to purge ourselves, to cleanse ourselves, uh, so that we can be clean. Uh, and of course, um, with this, we need to have the atonement of our Saviour cleansing us. We can't clean ourselves but we can change things in our lives and shake ourselves from the dust, as it says in verse 2, uh, so that we can then be renewed and move forward with that purposeful um, desire to follow the Saviour. And as we do this, we then have the opportunity to receive the blessings of the Lord in our lives uh, and to be able to be an example more to people around us. In verse 7, it says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that, that saith unto Zion, thy God reigneth. Um, we seek to have this influence in our lives. We seek to have the Spirit with us. Keith W. Wilcox shared, quote, By seeking the Lord through prayer and through the holy, his, his holy scriptures, we learn to look for the beautiful and to develop positive attitudes. We achieve guidance in the building of our foundations and our lives. As we live righteous and unselfish lives, the Spirit of the Lord enters our souls and then radiates from us. We become beautiful, even as a holy temple is beautiful. Um, and as missionaries, we can help others to become beautiful. Close quote. We talk about how the, the countenance of those that follow the Saviour can shine forth. And um, that can be very much a physical thing. The light of Christ uh, is, a, is a real principle. Uh, and we can stand out in the ways in which we live and help others to desire to become better, to become uh, more like him. Not necessarily, you know, because we told them, I'm being like Jesus Christ, so you should be, but just being more of an example and helping others to seek to be more like that as well um, is an important um, aspect uh, that we have uh, in our lives as well as disciples of Christ. Uh, I'm going to just... Go a touch on Isaiah 53, because there is a lot in this uh, chapter. Uh, in ver 12 verses, uh, we have a lot of things to consider. Uh, and this is Isaiah speaking um, about the Messiah. Uh, and this helps us to really focus our, our study and efforts on the Saviour and what he has done for us. Um, I'm going to read the the. Come follow me, a, a bit of the come follow me in the introduction as well. It says, quote, few chapters in the scripture describe Jesus Christ's redemptive mission more beautifully than Isaiah 53. Take the time to ponder these words. With each verse, pause to contemplate what the Saviour suffered, the griefs, sorrows and transgressions he bore for all people and specifically for you. You might replace words like we and our with I and my as you read. What feelings or thoughts do you, these verses inspire in you? Consider writing them down. So, an important introduction here, I think, to what is, as I've just said, a really important chapter. So, uh, this is, of course, the same section that Abinadi uh, quotes as well uh, to King Noah uh, and his priests. And so, 
uh, we will want to perhaps cross-section study with that and have a look at some of the things that he said afterwards as well, because Abinadi gave a little um, discussion about this chapter. But um, in verse 2 it says, For he shall go, grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. For he have no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him there is no beauty, though we should desire him. Now again, uh, some of the words in there may be a little uh, unusual to us. Um, but in uh, the English Standard Version it says, For he grew up before him like a young plant, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. So it's basically saying that you know, the Saviour in his coming, uh, his first coming, would not come in majestically with great power, with everyone looking at him thinking how incredible he is. But he would literally be, as a tender plant, a root out of dry ground. He will grow as all other plants do. He will grow uh, from the beginning as as a baby, uh, as we know in from Bethlehem. And there is no beauty that we should desire him. So there isn't anything specific that will make him stand out in the crowd. Uh, but he will live a life amongst all the others as well. Um, he was one amongst the crowd. Dennis B. Neunschweider said this, quote, Struggling through the crowds of the world can be lonely and hard. Their pull and tug on the individual who wishes to step away to something better can be strong and difficult to overcome. Who better than the saviour can reach support and ultimately rescue the one among the crowd? He understands what it is to persevere among a disrespectful crowd and still remain true. The worldly crowds do not recognise him. Close quote. So this idea that he would be not you know, introduced with a great fanfare, but he would come as as vulnerable uh, as as one as we all do into this world is an important beginning. Tomorrow we will now focus fully on Isaiah 53. So please join us tomorrow for that. It's going to be a really good session, I feel. Uh, so thank you for listening. And until we meet again.